Well done, guys. Well, Tony, not behind the drums, eh? <laughs> I didn't realise he had a bottom half. <laughs> Amazing, guys. Well done, well done. I'm just going to move this out of the way if that's all right. So I'll trip over it, and you don't want that on the live stream. Trust me. So uh, aren't Carol's amazing, eh? I think um, Carol's a little bit like Marmite, I think. So you either love them or hate them. But I really think that, that Carol's... Uh, you can't have a Christmas without Carol's, can you? I don't think. And some of the words in those, those Carol's are amazing, aren't they? So powerful. So I'm just going to share with you um, a brief talk, literally 15 minutes. So don't worry about it. Your, your, your turkey, if you have an early Christmas, is not going to get burned. I'm, I'm literally just going to chat with you for 15 minutes. And I want to I wanna ask you, um, first of all, what, if you were going to use one word to, to define Christmas, what word would you use? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Would you use peace? Would you use Love. If you, if you ask our daughter Bethany, she'd probably say presents. Okay, maybe. Um, and Christmas, I would imagine, can also be a, a sad time for some people, can't it? So maybe, maybe the word that you come to mind might not be um, a happy word. It might be a sad word. But today, I'd love to focus on, on one amazing, life-changing word. And that is hope. See, hopelessness is an awful thing, isn't it? And in the past few years, we've, we've seen many different events that have taken place, haven't we? We've seen things like, can we even say this word anymore, COVID that's happened. We've seen things like the war in the Ukraine. And then on top of that, most recently, we've seen things like the, the, the rising cost in, in living, haven't we? Everything seems to be getting more expensive I went to, to Max Spielman yesterday to print some pictures off for family for Christmas. And they had one of those disposable cameras, you know, that you, you take a picture and then you hand it back. It was 20 quid. 20 quid. Anyway, I'm a Yorkshireman, so I'm pretty tight. But 20 quid is a lot for one of them, isn't it? Um, for one of them. But, but things, are, things can feel like they're getting hopeless at times. And we have gone through things that, that, that give a hopeless feeling within us. You know, before, before Christopher Columbus sailed the world, people actually thought that the edge of the horizon was the end of the world. Some people do still think that at the minute, which beggars belief, but we won't get to that. But people, people thought that once they get to, to the horizon, they, they'd drop off the end. They thought that as soon as they met the end of the world, they, they would literally just fall off. And some people see life just like that, don't they? That when they get to the end of it, they're just going to, fall off, and, and there's no, nothing that they're going to reach at the end. You know, one of the main passages of Christmas is, it, one of the main messages of Christmas is that we can find hope in Jesus. See, Jesus is God's hope. And I'd love for us to read a passage together this morning very briefly. Luke chapter 2, verse 36 to 38. And it's going to come on the screen. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel on the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She had never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God 
and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So here in this text, um, Nathan, do you mind grabbing me a glass of water, please? Thanks. Here in this text, we, we see uh, an older lady by the name of Anna. And Anna, as, she me- as it mentioned, was 84 years old. And, and, and Anna was actually living at that time in hope. The, her- the word hope wasn't actually used in that passage, but the concept is there, isn't it? And the highlight of Anna's life was to meet with Jesus. Because Jesus represented hope for God's people at that time. And she was older, but actually she was a, she was a child at heart. Even though she was 84, she was a child in her heart. And she had learned in her experience and her wisdom to see the light in the midst of all the darkness that was going on. And she had seen the true message of Christmas, which was the hope of Jesus. So let's define hope. What does hope actually mean? And here's here's an important thing to to note for all of us. The world's definition of hope, right, which is the one in the dictionary, is different to the Bible's definition of hope. So the dictionary, thanks Nathan, the dictionary describes hope, here's, here's what it's called, a feeling that is wanted will happen, desire accompanied by expectation. See, there's one big word here, I think, that weakens the, the actual definition of that word, and uh, of that meaning. And that word is feeling. See, if I base my hope on a feeling, if any of us here based our hope on a feeling, then most of the time we're going to be disappointed, aren't we? Let me tell you a quick story. Pastor, and, Pastor Jackie and I, we first met in a bar 12 years ago, roughly 12 years ago. And I saw this beautiful woman in the corner. She was wearing a black dress. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to try my luck with that girl. <laughs> right? And as you probably tell now, it was, I was luck. So I went along and I said, hello. And I said, uh, and, and I said oh, do you want to dance? She's like, I'm already dancing. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I'm trying to play it cool. And then she asked me one question. She said, I've got a question for you. I was like, oh, dear. Here we go. She went, um, do you lead worship at that church in Sheffield? I thought, oh, hallelujah. This is amazing. No, she's, she's gorgeous, right? And she loves Jesus. I mean, come on, fellas. We know that's pretty hard to get. She's gorgeous and she loves Jesus. I thought, literally thought, this, this is amazing. So here I am playing it cool. We talked for a while. And then I asked her at the end as we're leaving if we, if we could swap numbers. And then uh, she delivered the, the, the awful news. It was like a dagger in my heart. She said, uh, she said, I'm really sorry I'm seeing someone else at the minute. I was like, gutted, absolutely gutted. But then, then this, is, uh, this is Jesus, I think, right? Then it came to me, and it's the coolest sentence I've ever said in my life, right? I said, I said don't worry, I'll be your plan B. Right? <laughs> don't worry, I'll be your plan I don't even know how it came. I, honestly, I've never said anything as cool in my life since then, right? But I said, I said, don't worry, I'll, I'll be your plan B. You take my number, right? Don't, don't give me yours. Guys are thinking I'm going to try this, all right? 
There's been an army of no, uh, Northampton healing people in the clubs tonight, <laughs> finding, uh, finding people that love, the girls that love Jesus. And um, I said, I'll give you my number, and then, and then I'll be the plan B if it don't work out, right? And she, and I'm not going to go down that road. Anyway, so I got home, right? And you know what? At that point, I had hoped like I have never done before for that phone to ring. Honestly, the hope that I had of her coming to her senses and, and, and uh, I'm breaking it off, right? Breaking it off um, with that guy. And uh, anyway, long story short, obviously we, we, we've been married uh, for, for that amount of time. So she did make, she did make the right decision. But, but, but it didn't happen straight away, okay? So she did message me and it was like hallelujah and, you know, dancing around the house, house and stuff. The point I'm trying to make is she eventually did make the right choice, but, but my hope didn't guarantee that to happen, did it? Me hoping and having that feeling of hope that this beautiful woman who loves Jesus and you know, ticked every single box that I got in my head didn't, didn't make that thing actually happen, did it? It didn't. So are you ready for the Bible's definition of hope? See, the Bible doesn't have its own dictionary, all right, but this is the basic philosophy of hope. And, and this is a paraphrase of its teachings within it. Hope is an expectation based on the promises of God. See, God's hope isn't based on feelings or desire, like the one that I had for that phone to ring, for that phone for Pastor Jackie. It's based on the promises of God. See, God's hope is enduring. God's hope never ends. God's hope cannot be frustrated, can it? In fact, in Hebrews 6 verse 19, it says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. So let me ask you today, where is your hope? Is it in a relationship that you've got with someone else or a parent or a family member? Is it in your money? Is it in your career? Or is it in the promises of God. See, let me tell you something else this morning. Hope cannot be found in religious practices either. See, in the passage that we looked at with Anna, she was a prophetess. She'd spent her life serving God in the temple. See, turning up at church or watching it online doesn't give you hope. What we do, we, what we do here together as a church family is a facilitator it's to equip you, it's to challenge you, it's to, it's to bring the gospel to people that haven't heard it before. Attending church by itself won't cure everything that ails you. And hope isn't to be found in a relationship with another person. As much as my dreams have come true with that amazing woman who's the love of my life, all of my hope is not in her. It isn't. Anna's, hub, Anna's husband, in that example, had been dead for many, many years. Her hope was not in her husband either. See, we find true and real hope in Jesus. But here's the question. Why is Jesus the fulfillment 
of hope. See, Jesus fulfilled God's promises. And all of God's promises and all of God's earthly activity was centered in Jesus. And you can understand the fulfillment of God's promises by by understanding Jesus' fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. I'm just going to skim over this. In the book, The Case for Christmas, Lee Strobel points out that the reliability of the Old Testament prophecies, Strobel says some people use the coincidence argument to deny Jesus. So people say this all happened by coincidence. It was merely a coincidence that those prophecies were fulfilled. See, Lee Strobel says a mathematician by the name of Peter Stoner estimated the chances of Jesus fulfilling 48 Old Testament prophecies, you ready for this, was one chance in 13 trillion. 13 trillion. That's like winning the lottery every week for probably two years. See, this material gives convincing proof that God's promises can be trusted. Jesus is proof that God's plans cannot be frustrated. He was crucified and then he rose again after three days. He couldn't be cut off, could he? Satan thought it. He thought he'd won. He thought he'd frustrated God's plans, but he didn't. You know, there's a carol, one of my favourite carols, Old Little Town of Bethlehem. And and there's a line in that which describes it so well. The latter part of verse 1 states, Yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Through Christ Jesus and only Christ Jesus do we have eternal hope. Not only do we have eternal hope, but there's power in that hope as well, isn't there, church? And this hope will not disappear. It doesn't have a, we've just had a dimmer switch put in our, in our, in our kitchen. That turns, obviously, a dimmer switch turns it up and down. It doesn't, it doesn't disappear over time, this hope. Hope helps us look beyond our present difficulties and circumstances, doesn't it? See, Anna, in that text, she was old in years, but her hope was kept fixed on Jesus beyond any issues that she had in her life. And many times, there's people, isn't there, in the world, some of you might be in this room, that have had nothing else to live for but hope. And people, as we know, there's people in the world who don't have the privileges in life that many of us do as well, but they have hope. Hope doesn't disappoint you. There are many disappointments in life, isn't there? People can let you down. Our football team, dare I mention, (laughs) might let us down a little bit. First time I've talked about that in a week. (laughs) Our government can let us down, can't they? Life, life can feel a bit like it lets us down a little bit at times. But Paul writes in Romans 5 verses 5, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So let me ask you again as the worship team come up, where is your hope planted? Where is your hope planted today? Only you can answer that for yourself. 
The thing is that Jesus longs to have a relationship with you. He longs to be the hope for your soul. He longs to be the hope for your life. You know, it's been incredibly cold, hasn't it, this past week or so? And a lot of us have, have felt a bit of flu and cold and things like that. And the main reason that it's been cold is because the sky's been clear, hasn't it? And I walked out uh, a week or so ago to, to a meeting. I was about to get in the car and I looked, at the sky, looked up at the sky and I saw the stars. The rest of the sky was absolutely pitch black. But the stars, and the moon's been amazing, hasn't it, in this past week? The moon was in full view. And it made me think. It made me think of, of hope. It made me think of the light that Jesus can bring to people's lives that don't know him, who live in that darkness. And it also made me think of the light that we can bring and the hope that we can bring to other people. You know, John 1 verse 5 says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. So I'd like us to do something together as a church, if that's all right, something a bit creative. I'd like us to, to demonstrate um, that light, okay? So we can't have candles in the room. Uh, apparently someone's hair got burnt the last time, so we're going to just use our phones instead. But I'd like you to remain seated. The worship team are going to sing over us. And I'd like us to just demonstrate the light that we have. The light that we have from Jesus, but also the light that we have for each other. So if you've got a phone with a, with a light on it, that's amazing. We're also going to have a little bit of a star show, okay? So we're going to turn the lights off, and we've got a bit of a, a, a star show. I'm going to pray, and once we've done that, we're going to worship God. But as we do that and we worship God, let's just thank him. Let's thank him for what he's done in our lives. Let's thank him for the light that he's given to our lives. And let's also ask him to be facilitators of that light to other people. And let's do that together. So let's get the lights off. And let's get the stars on. There we go. Let me just pray before we sing. God, we thank you so much for the hope that you bring to us and our lives. And whatever situation that we're experiencing or will experience, God, please help us to stay fixed on the light and the hope that you bring. And we just pray this Christmas for anyone who may be suffering, may be hurting at this time, as it's a time that, that, that brings back bad feelings, God, that they just feel your comfort. They feel your hope. They feel your light and they feel your peace. God, we worship you. God, we love you. And God, we honor you. Amen. Thank you.